0: say like these are questions from the community you know oh. from you guys
1: mm-hmm.
2: i yeah. like that sure yeah yeah because this one that toward the bottom it says why is steve so annoying is
1: that- <laughs> 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 I, where is that one <laughs> I, I don't see that <laughs> <laughs> that's in your notes <laughs> let's just drop that one all together
0: <laughs> welcome to the cross council podcast where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, John Crevelian, and I'm joined once again by Mary Carlton. How are you this morning, Mary?
1: I am doing great because I saw on the forecast for weather that we're not going to have any more 100-degree days after today. So oh, I'm just amen. waiting for tomorrow to get here. Ever? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Till til next summer.
0: Till next summer. T- Till the next uh, plague of heat.
1: <laughs> and I hope they're right
0: about that. And I'm, we're also joined by Steve Freitag. How are you doing, Steve? Oh, I'm doing fantastical. Thank you. <laughs> fantastical. That's a technical term meaning good for those of you who don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fantastical, y'all
0: fantastical (laughs) (laughs) y'all
2: they don't go together do they
0: (laughs) it's a tongue twister anyway uh today we can go ahead and get started i think today we're going to be going through more questions from the community questions that people uh have for cross council in general questions from you the listeners and uh let's see what we have next on the list here we have quite a list you guys are very inquisitive You've got the next. Yes. Quite inquisitive. Mm. I'm a homeschooler. I read a dictionary growing up because I was bored. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Uh, The next question is this. What do you do with distorted memory? Sometimes they say, especially in trauma, that memories can be distorted or become unrealistic. Have you ever experienced that? And how do you deal with apparent distorted memories? Ooh. Okay.
2: Mary, do you want to start
1: with that one? Sure. Um, I don't know what they mean by distorted memory. I know that, that we know that memories are never completely accurate, right? They're what your mind captured in that moment when that thing happened. And depending on what your mind was focusing on or what emotions were happening in the moment, you might see things differently or not as clearly as, as they actually happened which explains why why two people interviewed at a car wreck will say very different things. So the mind captures stuff in a memory and in there's going to be, you know, the things that we go after which is the the negative emotions and then the lie-based thinking that's there. So I I've never actually had someone talk about distorted memory Before we just go with whatever memories there, if there if there's pain in that memory, then we know there's a there's a lie there. There's a wrong perception that the Lord wants to address. So um, we don't we're not we don't really um, analyze, I guess, all the different types of memories. You could you could define them as we go after what we know is there that, that that needs to be resolved. But have you ever heard distorted memory, Steve? Has anyone ever talked to you about that?
2: Uh, maybe not that term, but I think I get the idea, <laughs> whether it's mm-hmm. false memory, distorted, or just things that are, aren't are accurate. There's there's so much to be said about this. Because mm-hmm. on one hand, probably more than I've ever done in 20 plus years of ministry, I really want people to lean into, I know that's a buzz phrase, but um, whatever memory that's there and try to get as much clarity to what's happening. Um, as best as they can remember because it's more and more um, a part of them owning what happened to them, but it's not, that's not the key. It's what they believe mm-hmm. with whatever memory comes up. So there are people that have said, you know, I, I went to this counselor and with some of the things that I'm struggling with, they'll, a counselor that people have said, the counselors have said to them, well, it sounds like you were sexually abused. Oh, well, that was everything, right? I don't know how often that happens. I just know that somebody reported that to me. And so they Mm -hmm. were trying to work through some of that. And our imaginations can run wild with that. Well, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So-and-so, I know my brother was kind of a wild child. He was, you know, eight years older than me. And well, I I think I can sort of picture that. And so Mm -hmm. I've been talking to my, you know, I talked to my counselor for like, eight sessions about I think my brother might have done that to me okay mm-hmm. and so that's a memory or an image that comes up and they're still questioning it after all the time they've tried to process it so I said well the body does keep score so when you go to this place where you think that might have happened listen to yourself listen to your body tune in and try to really lean into it and mm-hmm. in the, in the couple cases that have come up People say, well, I just kind of see the image, but I don't really feel anything. So we know that not feeling anything doesn't mean that it's that it didn't happen. It could be that somebody just has done a, such a great job at suppressing and repressing that the emotion is inaccessible mm-hmm. at the time. But when people really do set their mind toward, okay, I'm going to look at this, and they don't feel anything, I let them judge. Mm-hmm. I don't judge, but I, I set the parameters. That if if there's no reaction, because if I were to say to somebody, okay, well, picture yourself walking in Florida and you're 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 walking near some water and an alligator just jumps out at you and 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 almost almost chews your leg off, <laughs> and really lean into that picture, you can imagine that in your mind, but you're not going to have the visceral reaction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or, just, or right. somebody
2: that did have that experience where they can feel that. Just remembering it, their their uh, heart rate okay. goes up, and they feel this terror. But if mm-hmm. you just imagine it, there's anybody listening to this podcast that hasn't had an alligator jump out at them and almost <laughs> chew their leg off. They're like, "Oh, I can picture it," but yeah, it doesn't elicit that that kind of emotion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So that's one one level. Um, mm-hmm. So what's also important is, uh, and we've said this before. As facilitators, all we know is what people tell us. We don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. And let's let's just say that somebody has this memory of Uncle Jim teasing teasing them in this one place. They were at a baseball game, and you know, I dropped the popcorn. I spilled the popcorn all over. And Uncle Jim was like, well, "That was really great. That that was brilliant. Way to go, Einstein!" And they have all this pain. And then they work through that. They identify the lies that are there. They find peace. And then they even forgive Uncle Jim. And then they're able to talk to Uncle Jim about that. And Jim says, well, that wasn't really me. That was that was your Uncle Larry. Oh, well, what does that then mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it was more about uh, the pain inside. And, you know, it's unfair to Jim, right? But if, if you're not at fault for something, that shouldn't bother you too terribly much. But mm-hmm. if, the, if the person gets freedom from Jesus, we haven't found that Jesus says, you know what, that was your Uncle Larry, not Jim.
1: <laughs> you're right.
2: We haven't found that to be true. Not that that's beyond his scope. But mm-hmm. the key thing is, if you believe this lie that you're stupid or useless or worthless or not good enough or whatever that is, and you bring and, and the Lord brings truth to that, The healing still occurs, even though you had the wrong
1: uncle. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes me feel safe, really, in what we're doing, because we talk about how the memory container is where we're headed. When you're feeling negative emotion, there's a memory container there. And in that memory are things your mind remembered. But as you get older, some of those things can be pretty fuzzy. Like, is it Uncle Jim? Who is it? But if there's, if there's a true misinterpretation of life for yourself that happened in that memory, you will feel the pain. So we, we really encourage people to stay within that memory container. And as you're there, as you feel, as you look at who's there, you hear the sounds, you hear what they're saying, you, you smell the smells, whatever the mind uh, recorded. And, and our minds don't record all of those things but whatever your mind recorded, as you're in that memory, what do you feel? And so even if it's a little distorted or inaccurate, what we're remembering the details of it, like Steve said, if there's a a wrong perception, lie-based thinking there, you're going to feel pain there. And that pain was what we were starting out with at the beginning that you wanted resolved. So if you get freedom on that, You know, that's, that's what we're all about. Another lie that I based my life on was resolved with God's truth and peace and love. And so um, the details of the memories aren't really what's important. They sort of set the context for what the lie-based thinking is, but the details can be very unrealistic, distorted, inaccurate. You know, we go after what's there and we don't have we don't have a way really to judge did that really happen we don't know we go after the the peace and the freedom that the person needs
2: and i could hear somebody saying well that was really unfair to uncle jim but if we've gotten resolved so that's fair right that if uh-huh. for 20 years you carried that against your uncle jim that's messed up that's mm-hmm. that's that's been unfair, if, especially if there's been this wall or this uh, stiff arm toward Uncle Jim, right? But if you get truth from Jesus, if you receive that, and you're able to forgive, then you're able to take it to Jim and not try to get anything from him. And he didn't ha- he didn't owe you anything either in the first place because it was the wrong person. Right. But the more we get to a place of peace, then it's oh okay boy, I need to talk to Uncle Larry about that. I just want to let him know that I'm free of the pain in that place, if he's even carried that. Because Uncle Larry could have been struggling with some guilt over that. There's like a 0.1% chance of that, probably, if you know Uncle Larry. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Yeah, I love that when they get that resolved, there's not a real need for them to confront anybody about it Mm -hmm. many times. At least in my life, I'm like, yeah, my brother did that. You know, that wasn't that wasn't good. But you know, we have a good relationship, or you know, whatever. Um, when you have peace about it, then then the I think people are afraid that when you look at memories where family members were involved, that it now it's going to wreck your relationship if you look at those things, or if you didn't remember it correctly, if you remembered it mm-hmm. incorrectly, then is this going to ruin things? And actually, peace comes. So you're better off after you looked than before. So, I I don't see that as a concern if the memory is not perfect.
2: Right. So I, I think it's a great question. You know how do you mm-hmm. how do you deal with a parent's distorted memories? I don't know if I could say that what's apparent or not. If somebody said, uh, "Yeah, this pink gorilla came into my bedroom and." stole my favorite mm-hmm. toy unless unless it was halloween or somebody was dressed up in a pink gorilla suit mm-hmm. i've never had that happen um yeah. but what it also it it does reinforce the idea that our mind does some pretty crazy things to try to avoid pain and sometimes those distor- distortions are a way to project the pain away or push the pain away and not confront the the, the hurt that's still there And this isn't really germane to the question, but what also happens in some deeply traumatizing memories is that ultimately the little boy or the little girl ends up taking on the the depth of the pain, even though it's somebody who should protect them, somebody near and dear to them, whether it's a mom or a dad or another family member, they'll ultimately say, Deep inside, almost on a subconscious level, well, it's my fault anyway. And that's mm-hmm. another distortion. But it's, it's, it, in, in this child's mind, it's like, it doesn't make any sense why my, let's just say, my dad is doing this to me because my dad is supposed to take care of me. My dad is supposed to provide and protect me. So it must be me. That really gets, mm-hmm. that really gets deep. And a lot of times people have, have to work through, many layers and in dealing with the perpetrator, the traumatizer, the, the one who brought the pain. And then it's sort of a, that's the, the final thing that needs to be really cleared out in some cases is the distortion that it really was that little boy or little girl's fault. So that's mm-hmm. just bonus material connected to that question.
0: Right. And I guess, Something I thought of was a uh, a Hamlet quote, actually, which is like, it goes something like, there is no thing that is good or bad, but in thinking it makes it just, which is not, note everyone, that is not a uh, a judgment on what morality is, but rather a judgment on perspective and how powerful perspective is, you know, like going back and reframing something. And, you know, so I guess, yeah, like going kind of to the whole distorted memories thing. I I mean... Yeah, going back and asking Christ, like, what do you want me to know in this memory? What Mm -hmm. truth do you want me to hear from this thing? Whether it's, you know, like it objectively happened or it's just something that is, you know, kind of plaguing your mind or like, you know, kind of taking a hold of you, you know, getting that freedom either way is still. Yeah.
1: And, And we get there, I guess, for the short answer. Yeah. To the person's question, how do you deal with it? Right. We follow the melt process and we get there. We get mm-hmm. to the lie-based thinking and the person gets free as long as they're willing to follow that process. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not a problem. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Because some people, uh, one that comes up a little bit more often than the Uncle Jim, Uncle Larry, it's what house did this happen at? Or what school did this happen at? Mm-hmm. And that's really right. so much less immaterial. Than a perpetrator.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, okay, we're at this house, or we're here at this person's
1: yeah. backyard
2: in this person's backyard. But mm-hmm. it doesn't that I, we don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's not necessary to the healing that Jesus wants to bring.
1: Exactly. Right. Right. right you right. know, with with nine siblings, I've been to a lot of memories where I didn't have a clear picture of who did what. Mm-hmm. It was just like in this atmosphere, I was asked to do this thing, I messed it up. I felt humiliated because of what was people were saying. You know, sometimes it wasn't a clear memory mm-hmm. of a person. I just felt the pain of it, got to the lie, got free of that. So, and you know, the older I get, the more I realize, you know, the memory, you know, the memories are pretty fuzzy sometimes, mm-hmm. But but the lies, the lies are usually very clear and the pain is definitely there. Mm-hmm. So that's good news, right? Because that that's the part that we really need to identify to get free. Right. So, yeah, yeah. That, that that should give hope to people who feel like I can't remember, or I don't remember exactly, or right. I don't remember how, you know, it's, it, it's really not about the memory. It's just a context for those lies and the pain that we're getting to.
2: Right. The memory is a useful tool. The emotion is a useful tool. But the lie mm-hmm. is what's essential to address. And of course, the truth and transformation that the Lord brings. That's what makes this all
0: <laughs>
2: so beautiful and miraculous.
1: Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Jesus ain't afraid of your distorted memories. He's got this. <laughs> 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 Come get your healing. <laughs> that's right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Right on. All good stuff. Ready to move on to the uh, to the next one. When you have a suitcase filled with emotionally or with emotional abuse and neglect, how do you start to unpack that? Especially when you were told so often it was just you not forgiving enough, so you trained yourself to quote unquote forget to the point where you turn to anxiety and antidepressant medication as sole help. There you go. What do you think?
1: That's a very very common scenario actually where um People have had a lot of a, abuse or trauma or even just r- r- negative things happen in their life and it all kind of builds up and it feels overwhelming. And they've tried to talk to family members or people to try to to get free of that and and they're told, you know, you just need to forgive them. You just need to get on, get on with life. you know, that person's dead or they whatever it is. Yeah, that's that's a very common scenario and and it's very unfortunate and heartbreaking really. That a person gets to that place where they have to start suppressing their their negative emotions, their lie-based thinking because no one understands and can help them. So we actually love being able to bring freedom to people like that because let, let's just take the first part of the question. Okay, what do you do when you have a whole suitcase full of stuff?
0: Yeah, how do you well, that's start? Every,
1: that's every one of us mm-hmm. who has not ever really come to Jesus with the pain that's in our life, okay? We're going to have a bunch of stuff. Um, So we follow the melt process and we acknowledge, yes, a lot of negative stuff's going on, a lot of pain in their current life, you know, whatever their situations are that brought them to us, we acknowledge the difficulty of that and then we encourage them to just sit with those feelings and see where does your mind need to go or sometimes this is what i say i'll say pick the biggest thing that's bothering you just pick let's just go after the biggest pain that you're feeling and and let them decide what's really the 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 thing that plagues them the most and let them take it from there
2: I would agree with that. I would also say one of the other approaches is if somebody's, whether it's you're doing a online session or they're with you in person, is if they were to say, I, I don't even know where to start, mm-hmm. I might just say, allow yourself to feel that. How does mm-hmm. it feel to believe you don't know where to start? Oh, it's just overwhelming. Okay, feel that. Mm-hmm. As you mm-hmm. feel that, let's Lord, help them to choose to go wherever they need to go. Mm-hmm. they go to some memory where there was a lot of pain and it was overwhelming and we just jump in right there
0: mm-hmm. there's
2: there's a lot of different ways that you can approach that and there's even these guardian lies that we set up in our mind to protect ourselves oh it's just gonna yes. be too much it's too overwhelming it's too this it's too that all right lord what about that what does susie need to know about it? it's just going to be too overwhelming to go there
1: yeah Boy, it's, be-
2: it's beautiful to see what happens in those cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So we basically just encourage people to jump in. Mm-hmm. Jump in because the Lord's with us, you know, as long as you start, then we can help you along the way.
0: Right. And like I think it's really important for people to know like they're not the they're not a weird special case. This is a super common thing, mm-hmm. you know. Like you shouldn't think, ah, but I'm different. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to get that freedom. Well, no, no, no. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. great news. You're not special. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Right. Like you can get that help. You can get that healing. You are not weird. You are Mm -hmm. common in this and there is a way out. So,
1: yes. Thanks for saying that, John, because Mm -hmm. many people do feel like I can't, I'm not even going to make that call. You know, because yeah. they, that may be for everybody, but they don't realize what has happened to me, you know, and honestly, that's just a con, a common lie. The enemy tells all of us, my stuff's too big. My stuff's too complicated. My I'm too shut down. I'm, you know, whatever. I can't do this. I failed it and I, and I won't be able to get there. Or like Steve said, it's too overwhelming. There's too much. All of those things are thoughts and beliefs that the Lord can address to help a person keep going, get, get, you know, keep going in the process to ultimately get freedom. So, you Mm -hmm. know, we, we've heard all those things hundreds of times, and I've actually said those things myself, especially early in my journey. So, you know, don't, there is no, um, reason for despair, I guess to think mm-hmm. that god can't resolve what's going on with you
2: to start unpacking you've got some you've got some en- enemies to that right you've got the enemy that doesn't want people to unpack things and get free to me that's mm-hmm. a no-brainer that the enemy doesn't want us to get free um, mm-hmm. but there's also that system that we build inside of our minds for protection mm-hmm. so it, it's it's again the confused traffic cop that's got his arm extended out stop right while there's a part of us that's like come this way come this way because we want to go to jesus and get some healing so Mm -hmm. so there's that and then even the oh man this is near to my heart you're you were just told you're not forgiving enough yeah so that's that's we talk about left brain right brain or head heart kind of things and there are uh i just don't want to say churches there's culture right that says just push it away and that's not helpful so Mm -hmm. there's i've actually gone through a bit of a journey of forgiving in a really general sense what i was taught in the church in Mm -hmm. bible school and it was all as far as i can tell all that stuff was really well intended but it wasn't helpful in fact it could be damaging yeah so that's a really difficult thing to try to put your finger on is just the what i was taught right it wasn't like i thought of different professors or pastors it was just like this this whole culture that i was in that was just forget your past and just move on so there is something to the educational side of what we do too so Mm -hmm. i've had those conversations it's not necessary we're not necessarily in the melt process but we're talking about how Mm -hmm. prevalent that is so we can give them the logical side, but then there's things you need to get underneath when it comes to the emotional side, too. But it's it's not like I say, well, Jesus, would you just explain to them what how it really works? Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think he's enabled us and equipped us to be able to explain some of that, to frame things in a way that just helps people move in the right direction.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe you do need to forgive some people. Yep. and most of us do honestly we can help you walk through that um, because releasing anger i would say is one of the areas that we should get a get five stars because i feel like that we have un, we have an understanding about how to do that and and so much experience in helping people let go of anger and forgive so you know if if what's happening is you try to forgive and you can't forgive so you just suppress all the negative emotion that's not a way out that leads to what the person says here you know eventually going on antidepressants or or going to a counselor and and try, you know trying to resolve it when there's really there's really a better way and that better way is let's start unpacking what happened when we hit unforgiveness or anger, we'll help you walk through that, release it, so we can get to the underlying lie-based thinking that's there that's causing the pain that you're feeling because of what what the person did or or what, whoever it was. So we again we we can walk a person through all of that. And and even if they've suppressed things, even if they're not on antidepressants or any kind of a medication, and they've just been told so many times that you should just let that go, you're not forgiving, it's your fault. So they've hardened their heart to the point where they really don't feel that stuff. We deal with that all the time. Um, that's just some things they're believing that's keeping their heart. Like Steve said, they want the freedom, but there's things in their heart That are that's saying no, we're not going there, you know, whatever for whatever their reasons are. So it we help people unpack that and address the lie-based thinking around it. So we follow the melt process and we we help the person expose what's blocking so they can get the freedom. So a lot of these questions, I love the questions. Because they are probably people who have tried to get free and it didn't work in whatever way they tried. So, so they're saying, here's my problem. You know, here's what's happened to me. How would you deal with that? And I love that we get a chance to give another perspective. And, and these are things that we have set people free from. So we're very positive about their pot- their potential, very hopeful that they can get free.
2: Even even going back to the last question too, just what you with what you said, Mary. It's amazing to watch people realize they can move forward more than they thought they could. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm just going to feel boom, and I'm going to go into these memories. I guess it's this question too, right? How do you start? And there are mm-hmm. so many people that have said, "I don't remember my childhood. I don't this. I don't that. Or I don't think I can feel the emotion." Mm-hmm. Two minutes later, for some people,
1: wow. Yeah,
2: and so as they go through that depends i might say it after they get truth from the lord or sometimes it's just when they come to a memory i i even encourage them by saying look how quickly you got there mm-hmm. they're like oh wait i even forgot that i thought this was hard i mean it is hard mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not impossible
1: mm-hmm.
2: and just to encourage people it's it's so wonderful to watch people get it Yes. and that God's equipped them and he's created them and th- that he's on this journey with them to be able to do that. And I just wanted to really quickly address because there's there's a sense that I get there there's some guilt with this person saying, you know, mm-hmm. I've got I've gotten to the point where I've turned to medication for anxiety and antidepressant as the sole help. And that's in some ways not to be harsh, but it's sort of an indictment on the church again mm-hmm. like, oh. Have we not represented the love and the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How easily we can just forget that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, if there's any guilt with that stuff, I I sort of view grace like this. My brother and I used to play ping pong all the time in the winter because we don't live in Texas. We didn't grow up in Texas. So we played <laughs> pong and pool inside and creating other kind of games and and. Sometimes we would just go from playing against each other to seeing how many times we can hit the ping pong ball back and forth. We try to get to 100 mm-hmm. and we go, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Oh, oh, okay. Got to 63. Here we go again. One, two, three, four, right? <laughs> get up to 89. Boom. Okay. Ah, dropped it. Okay. Blew that. But with Jesus, you get to 89. I think he picks the ball up and says 89, 90 not 89 zero. That's grace. It's like, okay, that's that's where you were. That's what mm-hmm. you've done. That's what you've chosen. Let's just pick it up from here and move forward
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not beat yourself up over that.
1: Yeah. It, it makes me think of an example. And I think this is on on point. Hopefully it is. But one of the things that we really do is empower people right? It's the melt process is very empowering, because it's you and Jesus that's working this out. We are not the expert in the room. We are not the one who's going to fix this for you. So I'm thinking of a time when a counselor friend of mine had asked me to minister to this woman. She had been in some occult abuse. So very shut down, very dysfunctional person, probably in her 40s and i did a session with her and she she couldn't feel right she that was what i was told she can't feel because of all you know this okay so as she began to talk about things i would say wow how did, how does that make you feel to say that and she would just say well i don't feel anything so as the session went on i kept saying when you listen inside what's the reason why you can't feel so we're looking for what are the lies she's believing that's keeping her from feeling and she had many many lies and every time she would say uh, she would try to feel and then she would shut it down i would say what just happened right there pay attention to what happened so i kept giving the reins back to her and she kept going deeper and deeper and she actually tears started coming down her face at one point and and i It was very hard work for her because she argued with me because she was so used to someone else having to be the rescuer. And I kept putting it back on her. So why are you doing that? What do you believe that makes you not feel? And I kept asking those questions and the Lord kept addressing them. Anyway, she was able to feel in that one session. And I talked to the counselor after and he said, I have been seeing her for a year and she's never shed a tear. And so wow, I, I know it was probably, <laughs> you know, not, he wasn't real. I, I just said to him, she needs to be the one to decide. She needs to be empowered that this is her journey that, mm-hmm. that she can feel if she looks at what she's believing that makes her not want to feel give it back to her, give her the reins. And that was a profound thing for me because I really respect this guy. He's a great counselor. He uses some of the same principles we do, but for him to see her for a year, just the, the power of what we're doing in the melt process is to help people grab the reins, look at why they're feeling, why they're, what they're believing, help them to get to the place where they're ready to hear from Jesus. And so um, for this person who is told, you know, the things they were told, it's not helpful. You know, one of the things I think we're really good at is helping people. We help them through all of this stuff. And we have the knowledge and the experience to be able to effectively do that. So
2: I think when Jesus is restoring Peter, one of the things he is saying to Peter is, I'm entrusting you with this. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of Peter's transformation. It wasn't just when the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, it was even in there in that place. And and I I've, I've been profoundly impacted by the response of people when I let them know that they're the expert like you said. Like I mm-hmm. you can do this. I I believe that you can do this, right? I mean it's yeah, the Holy yeah. Spirit's there nudging. It's all Christ-centered, of course. But I think it's it's been sad for me to recognize how many people don't have anyone who believes in them. They don't, so they don't believe in themselves.
1: Mm, very sad. And we, I think that the concept of lie-based thinking is so critical. Because when people don't, they feel hopeless and they don't want to address their issues. Instead, they go on medication or they just shut down. it's because they don't believe that they can get free. And that right there is a lie-based thinking, right? That I can't get free. Is that what the word says? Is that what God says? No. So that is a lie. So instead of trying to talk people out of those lies, we actually encourage them, we'll feel what that feels like to believe that, because there will be negative emotion there. And the Lord can address those, those lies so that they can get free you know think about that 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 just understanding that what you just said that was a lie oh well it never has worked you know well it hasn't but that's still a lie and we have a spirit of truth he's here to help you you know just the hope you see on people's faces sometimes when when they've been so hopeless and yet you help them understand what what's actually happening here. What's my mind doing? And they realize, oh, I'm thinking things that aren't true that the Holy Spirit wants to help me with. You know, it's just, it's a, such a privilege for us, right? To be able to do that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends and look for us on social media the world will become a much better place and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.